Welcome to Creative Conversations with Costume Designers. Oh my gosh, that was a lot. <laughs> well, us costume designers have a lot to say about what it looks like to tell stories with clothing. I'm your host, Mandy Line. I've been a costume designer for the last 22 years. During COVID-19 lockdown, I felt lost, not being able to make words on a page come to life through costume design. I decided to reach out to my peers, come to find that they felt the same way. I decided to seize the moment and start this podcast. We don't need a lockdown to want to be inspired, motivated, and entertained. So each week, tune in to hear amazing, (laughs) unexpected stories of what it looks like to be a costume designer to them. No one's story is the same. Trust me. Are you ready? I am. Let's do this. Each episode is brought to you by the Western Costume Company, your one-stop shop for all your costume needs. Um, a gossip girl meets pretty little liars? Yeah, that's what it looks like when I interview the Eric Damon. Costume designer gossip girl? Like, and, and me, the costume designer pretty little liars? This is the coolest hangout ever. Okay, join me. Here we go. Good afternoon, Eric. Okay, wait, let me turn this Good crap afternoon. down. Sorry about technical difficulties. No, we're it's designers. Not. We're not technical. We don't know how to do this. And plus, we don't have manicures. Like, it's hard to push buttons without manicures. <laughs> okay, your setting is so genius. You're the winner for the best background. What is that? A painting? What is that? Uh, Slim Aaron's friend. You know, Slim Aaron's the photographer from the 50s that did all like lifestyle. <laughs> it's this amazing photograph he did of Palm Springs. I'm in Palm Springs. So it's in the house here, and it just felt like, you it's, know. It is perfection. It makes all of our technical difficulties go away. This all is, okay. wow. Yeah. First of all, everybody, I like to do a little intro. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I don't think I've had 150 people. Let me tell you, in this quick of a time, like right off the bat, so by the end, okay, my producer friend, John Lennick, is here. He doesn't even barely text me back. This is genius, Eric. That's how important you are. So I'm going to run down a couple of Eric's credits, just a couple, so bear with me. I don't like to look at my notes, but I'm going to. Okay. Eric Damon is an a author, a stylist, an Emmy Award winner, a fashion designer. He's been on the front page of the New York Times for changing sales in retail. God, we need you now, Eric. I mean, Please. Wow. We need you now. Um, uh, also, ex-model. Um, his t- yeah, Right? We're trying. This 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 Joan Rivers light works wonders. God, nice. your accessories. You know, your accessories are genius. Okay, so his credits. So he's been around in the fashion game for so long. But some of the credits that you guys are going to know: Gossip Girl, and he assisted Pat Field received an Emmy for Sex in the City, the TV show. Right, not the movie, the yeah. TV show. Uh, Astronaut's Wife's Club, Carrie Diaries. Billions, which, by the way, my friend Elaine texted me this morning. This is my crack. So you're a drug dealer. <laughs> you're welcome. And the reboot of Gossip Girl. Thank you for thank you for joining us. And I always ask people, like, you know, what are you doing doing during this time? But I do know you're working with the Palm Springs LGBT Center. Talk, tell me about that. Yeah, I'm volunteering. My boyfriend and I are volunteering every Thursday. They have a food drive every Thursday. I'm here in Palm Springs at the LGBTQ Center. Awesome. Awesome. We, you know, serve groceries to 200 plus families every week. Wow. 
Um, and it feels really great, you know, to be able to give back in this time of, you know, I always want to be able to volunteer in New York. Yeah. I, you know how our schedules are really, you know, you want to do something and then, you know, get involved in a series. Be and, careful what you wish for, right? Yeah. yeah. So here we are and I have the time and they needed help. So we're there every Thursday. I'll be there this Thursday. We're there every Thursday, you know, handing out groceries and helping with the traffic. And it's a really awesome um, a way to be able to connect with community and be really? able to get back. You know, I was seeing all the lines, you know, not to talk about politics, but you see all the lines yeah. on the news with all these food centers. And, you know, I just wanted to support community and be able to give back. So if anybody watching wants to go to the centerps.org and click on donate, that would be much appreciated. Anything um, makes a big anything. difference. Anything. Anything. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, that makes a big difference. So that's the centerps.org. Thank you. Okay. Because I, I was working with this church that my um, niece and nephew work with, and the littlest amount helps what you can get for 10, Just 20 bucks. Showing up, yeah. helps. showing up and showing your story. Letting people know that they matter in times when they might not feel like they matter. I love that. It's important just to, you know, it's just to show up is the biggest part of it, really. Well, speaking about showing up, there was a post on April 29th right before all this craziness went down. And I know that we can't really talk about it, but we can talk about the fact that it exists, the reboot of Gossip Girl. So thank you for elevating our, you know, um, our lockdown, just a little bit, giving us a little life. A little. I just want to give the people a little <laughs> You're welcome. That will be GG 2.0. And right. I'm so, you know, thrilled to be, have asked to been a part of it and you know we had just started prep you know it was very early days right when okay. the shutdown hit and then we came out to palm springs and you know but it's it's brewing and you know i thank uh tyler at fashionista who did that blast for me who did you know who announced the launch that i was gonna be a part of it and it's just you know it's a thrilling kind of exciting and again there's a little bit of hope on the other side of this there's gonna be some totally. teenagers in high fashion doing antics in the Upper East Side, and who doesn't love that? That's it. <laughs> okay, well, you just said some lingo, which was cracking me up, because I say <laughs> PLL like it's a household word, like you don't know what PLL is. You just said GG 2.0, that's gossip. Okay, I'm getting. GG 2.0, UES, Upper East Side, you know, all that. I'm getting this down, like I feel, oh, I wore this for you. It's um, it's a Pat Field, but what is it, Scooter Lafage? Or... Great, yeah. Right, so I tried to do, I was going to do like a headband, that doesn't work, because I have no hair. <laughs> so I did like an Eric Damon moment here, underneath, tucked it in, so yeah, you're welcome, thanks. Someone was IGing me yesterday, he was like, hope you're going to wear a shirt, or maybe don't wear a shirt. <laughs> so, here's or, where we are. Let's no, you're doing... Palm Springs Fantasy. This is perfect. Well, speaking of uh, the social media post... I wanted to tell a, a quick little story because unfortunately we're like limited to an hour now, but Eric and I worked together at this Warner Brothers Studio Academy and um, my assistant Kendall came up to me. She couldn't really breathe. She's like, Oprah's here. I'm like, Oprah's not here. What are you talking about? She goes, Eric Damon's here. And I said, okay, talk to him. <laughs> yeah, close to Oprah. I said, Talk to him, he will drop knowledge. You said something to me, Eric, and I'm not sure, you probably don't remember this, but when it comes, you told me I was really pretty. Um, <laughs> thank you. You, I was talking to you about, you know, social media, and I think sometimes designers 
new designers also get caught up in the hype and the validity of social media. And I, when Pretty Little Liars ended, it's just kind of like, what am I? What am I doing? And you said to me, you know, Mandy, I just want to be a great designer. And that really spoke so much. I mean, it's lasted all these years and I really go to it when I'm feeling like, I don't know if my, if my presence not enough. Can you speak to, you seem to have this Zen and this balance. I mean, maybe not, but when it, <laughs> right. When it comes to balancing career, social media, and what's really important, where did you, where did that come from? It's important these days. I think, you know, it came from how I grew up and that, you know, I just, you know, I'm a good Midwestern boy and had a lot of very solid values. And I went to military academy very early and kind of had like a, you know, there was a strictness to it, but there was also a freedom. Also yeah. this balance between being able to, you know, kind of cut my way through and be very focused, but also be very generous in what I learned from, you know, say my Catholic upbringing yeah, I'm, you know, not practicing Catholic anymore, but I think all those things made me be generous. And, you know, recently I've you know gotten really into meditation and the Ayurvedic lifestyle and trying to just in general be the best me I can be. I'm yeah. like I've evolved from just being and thank you for hearing me when I say when I said that I think that's the most important thing when you're speaking with someone that you, you know, you can say a lot of stuff, but I'm, I feel very honored that that resonated with you and helps oh, you, and absolutely. you know, made an impact on you. That's really. I think awesome. it calms. It calms me. Amazing. Like I can. We can all design the most amazing clothes and win awards and all that. But to be able to have a connection and inspire and. Yeah. Thank you, know, you. Be progressive in our thinking and you know kind of connect with each other. I think that's really the most important part of all of it. And that's why we're doing this. Literally, that's like why we're here. This totally helps. Do you find when like you know you've got uh this swarovski uh collaboration you had the dkny collaboration all this stuff like it's so much hype going into gossip girl gg gg 2.0 and you know are you taking you know their your focus is really just to be a great designer and if things come they come kind of a mentality it is you know of course like when we were doing the OGGG. yeah <laughs> all those you know all that all those uh, partnerships and everything that came along with it felt very natural. It was all very exciting, but yeah. I come from a fashion background. I had been creative director for designers, and I was, it felt like I was able to channel all of the talents and things I would wanted to always be into these moments. And um, it was really great. The only moment I really felt like I had to like make a choice I was being um, offered a lot of, say, reality TV hosting. Oh yeah. And, you know, and I was doing like guest judge spots on uh, Project Runway and a bunch of shows like that, which was really fun. But then the offers kept coming in and I was like, kind of had to ask myself, like, what, what am I? I think this might've been right before we spoke. And I was like, yeah. what, I, what do I want to do in this? And I was like, I don't want to be, whether you're considered a celebrity designer or what, you know, I don't want to be this image on TV other than what I'm trying to portray through the clothing and these other amazing creative collaborations. I just don't want to be the product myself I I want to yep. be a great designer and great designer can mean you know a million different things and you know so I think that was really you know a balancing act that I had to like say no to that I was like I don't I've got to you know I'll only take certain shows and I only want to speak positively every time I was booked as like a guest judge on a show or something they're always like or if you're doing interviews and yeah uh, you can close and like I'm not going on and not talking crap 
about people, how people look. Like everyone, you know, there's great red carpet moments and there's less less great red carpet right. moments. But I don't want to go out there. Like people put a lot of work and energy and it's not for us. You know, it's a lot of fun to dish and do all that. But I don't think that's a progressive product of our totally. society. And, you know, I enjoy low gossip as much as anybody else. But I don't, I didn't want to contribute to that. No, I, I love that. Sal Perez and Tracy Field and I and Janie Bryant, who's your friend, we were approached for this reality show and Sal finally said, you know, it was really, it was something interesting, but Sal said, we have to remember we're designers. You know, we're not just table flipping housewives. Nothing wrong with a housewife, but it's, it's, you know, we still have our career to, to think about. Table flip as much as anybody else. But right. I I, <laughs> exactly. Out there that want to flip tables and we don't need to, you know, we don't need to contribute to that. No, no, I think there's enough going on. Okay. Um, speaking about being, you know, that uh, being a great designer, uh, we've got, so you, modeling world, fashion world, but you know, you've dabbled in a lot of it. I could talk about your beginning forever, but it's still a question that people want to know. Like when I got offered Pretty Little Liars, I turned it down. I'm like, I don't want to do a kid's show. I don't want to do this. And then I saw the pilot and I was like, give it to me. Yes. Thank you. So how did you go from, how did the transition happen to Gossip Girl? Because it literally changed the way that people dress for a generation that I have yet to hear of since your show. How did you get Gossip Girl? Uh, how did I get Gossip Girl? Or the transition uh, maybe between. The transition is assisting. Right, right before, you know, it was, I did sex, it was on Sex and City, assisting Pat and three great seasons of that. I needed to leave. I didn't like the, the grind of it was just, it's just a lot. I was like, yeah. all right, you know, and I got in to um, indie film and I was really kind of like a New York darling in the indie film world and working all these like bougie indie films and you know, it was like early aughts. Um, and I was, I loved it. I loved those are the kind of films I wanted to make. You know, I wanted right. to work with Todd Solon. You know, I loved the Welcome to the Dollhouse. I saw cool. that credit. That's how it's, that was great credit. And, I was like, I, you know, I was like, I'm never doing TV again. And then my <laughs> agent at the time sent me a script during pilot season. And I was like, I was a gossip girl. And I was like, I can't, I'm not even reading this. And my boyfriend, Brian, was like, let's just read the first page. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was such a doll. He read, he read the whole script. He did all the personality. He was really awesome. <laughs> not an actor or anything. He just was I like, love that. I was so like, taken by it. I was like, you know, it's funny because I think somewhat, I know the times where somebody said there's a 16 year old girl living inside Eric Damon. And that's true. There is, I have that, you know, <laughs> in me. And I was, I just fell in love. I wasn't familiar with the book series or any of it, but I fell in love with the idea of these, you know, super wealthy Upper East Side brats running around and behaving terribly, but also <laughs> endearing and a little campy and a little soapy. And I just like, okay, if it's, you know, I didn't want to do Law and Order, I guess. I don't know. Not, nothing wrong with Law and Order. It's amazing. But right. I felt like there was a great opportunity for clothing here and to kind of harken back, you know. The indie world was great, but it was always, you know, very real and very kind of sad. It has its own, you know, amazing right. design. Um, and I just felt like there was a really great opportunity to do this. And then Amy Kaufman, who's one of the producers on Gossip Girl, has, was the one that kind of sent me the script through my agent, she was a producer on The Door on the Floor, a film I did with. That's what I was wondering, that connection. Who, so who, who saw this? The Door on the Floor. You okay. never 
also like something just to say to everybody, you never know who from your past is gonna show up in your future. So, you know, be kind, be generous, be wonderful to everybody around you. Cause you never know when it's gonna come back. Or if an ex calls you like, if an ex calls you, you can shut the door. Don't forget, you can always shut the door on an ex, but. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's um, a whole other story. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So she, um, yeah, she reached Amy Kaufman. I had a meeting. I went into the meeting. It was with Stephanie Savage, who's like the writer, creator, showrunner from Fake Empire with Josh Schwartz. Um, I had a meeting with her and the pilot director. And I'd done like tear sheets and mood boards and just kind of like gave an idea of what I, where I, what I was thinking for, you know, the five lead characters and the general tone. And yeah. literally I sat down and Stephanie, who's incredible goddess of, TV production and writing, um, pulled out her mood board book and literally I'd say 80 to 90% wow. So it was just like this moment of like connection, symbiosis. And you had never met her before that, no? Better didn't know her, no. Oh, that feeling is so Very good. Friend and you know, wonderful inspiration through all the years that I've known her, she's incredible. Um, and yeah, so we just connected and she was like, I really want to make this like living editorial. And I'm like, I'm there. Love it. Yeah. You're like, this is, this is me. This is actually, <laughs> you're like, I've trained for this. Yeah, I did. And I trained for that. And then I went up to the Upper East Side and stalked schoolgirls. <laughs> no, I had read an article. You're so cute. You're like, so I actually did the homework. You're like, I look like a creeper, but I'm not sure. Like, <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, then I saw the girls were like, there was like the, Girls with the Marc Jacobs bags was like one group, and then there was the girls wearing the Tory Burch flats, and you could see like camps that were like you know these like tribes of girls that were yeah. identifying through what designers and how they dressed and you know what color tights they wore, and I was you know I'm a huge fan of the movie Heather's. Oh my gosh, when they did the reboot of Heather's, my <laughs> friend Dana did the pilot, and I was just like, I wanted to. Oh, you know what? There's the 16 year old in you. You had to say yes to the show. You had to. So. Wow, what a great, that's, that's such a good thing. It's like you're putting your work into these indies and you never know who's going to be like, hey, remember that? Remember that person? Remember, you know, uh, that's so awesome. Okay, so another one that um, I can't even tell you. I keep on, I think I, every time I get a new guest, I think, oh, they have more interviews than the last. They have, I swear to God, people, you can go down this Eric Damon friggin' K-hole <laughs> for every interview. Studded rabbit hole. It really is. And I was like, I feel like it's Eric Damon with me. Anyways, so most of the interviews, this is what was really interesting. Because people always ask, do I want a style? Do I want a costume design? And even though you've, you know, you are a stylist, even though you are a fashion designer. One of the things that I heard is when they interviewed people that you worked for, they kept on saying, Eric Damon just seems to know all the trends. They seem to know, he, he knows what's next. And then I would hear you say, you know, how Blair, an example is how Blair was created. Her headbands and her doll-like quality was a throwback to the fact that she never really had a good childhood. Yeah. Yet at the same time, the queen bee attitude was the regal essence of her. Now, yeah. to me, that is such a costume designer's mentality. These backstories, I love hearing about how 
the trends are set by your backstories. Is that something you just love to do on every project? It seems like it. I really do love that. I think it's very important. It's something that I feel that, you know, we all bring to the table, but you know, my formal background is in French literature. I studied French literature at Sorbonne and that's like my degree is in French lit. Wow. Um, the, but we had to like read everything and find like the double entendres and like dive deep into the meanings. And I love to do, give that treatment. That's what I bring from that education into what I do here is like, I love to kind of read behind the lines and figure out with the producers or the writers, like, what did this, what are these characters, what did they live through in their childhood? And like, how does that affect how they're going to dress? So just like us in real life, like what yeah. I'm wearing today, you know, Harkin, you know, everything we do in our lives, our whole journey kind of affects where we are now and how we want to get ourselves. And, you know, and I think, you know, I love to dive into that in all the characters and I'm not, you know, it's, I love fashion. I love trends. I've, you know, been, you know, very pop culture, fashion, obsessed since very young kid like I was grew up in the 80s in Michigan and kind of nowhere Michigan but then I would drive an hour to the closest mall that would sell interview magazine you know to be able to have access to that there was no internet you know there was no you know MTV came out and that was like oh my god the direct link but I always you know had uh passion for fashion you might say no no you can you can just you can just tell by the how organic you are in your process not, the characters are not designed by the trends you know, I love yeah. the trends. I live in New York City. I go to Fashion Week and you're, you know, and all of that affects your everyday psyche also. Like, you know, you know, you're being, you absorb all these things that you see in the street and like all these, you know, you see the trends and you see how people are dressing in the city. But you put your own twist on it. But you yeah, see I, it. Yeah. Or I put Blair's twist on it, you know, is how I look at it. It's me, but I'm doing it for Blair. I'm doing it for Layton to become Blair. And that's the thing, you know, and I also, you know, I think we're also really there to help these actors become these characters. We give them these tools, you know, to kind of embody and become, I'm sure you've gone through it, you know, in fittings, it's like right. a morphosis of them understand, you know, they bring what they see to the table, we bring what we see to the table, and produce, you know, everyone has a little bit of input and it's kind of this a melting pot in the dressing room, that initial first fitting. Of That's like, what I miss the most is the dressing room. I yeah. do, like right now, those are the things I miss the most. And I love when, even an actor or, you know, Sal Prez was talking about this, how we're like, just, just try this jacket. Just throw, oh, Eduardo Castro was talking about, just, just throw it on and all of a sudden, wow, that we actually know what we're doing. Isn't yeah. that weird? <laughs> Strange thing that we got hired. Uh, <laughs> I'll walk in the door and be like, this is not right. I'm like, just same thing. So Eduardo said that last, earlier this week. I was like, that's it. You know, just try to, and you have, you know, and it's important to listen to them. I try to, you know, have a dialogue a little bit before the act and like have, you know, I, I'm not a diva about it at all. It's like, you know, it's a collaboration. The whole, everything we do in the industry is a collaboration. You know, it's not all about their Damon look. I'm like, I'm mm. here to create something that works for the actor, that works for the scene. Hopefully that creates something spectacular and special that helps elevate the emotion and, you know, the tone of the scene and, you know, but it's, I'll never forget, it was funny when you're saying it helps evoke the emotion. I'll never forget one of my characters, Aria. I had her in this Betsy Johnson sweater, but I had these really cool gloves that were like connected with this rope and it was all super aspirational. And she comes up to me with her sweet little, but she goes, hey Mandy, this is the scene where Ezra breaks up with me and I'm crying and I have to give him a hug. My gloves are connected to my shoulder. Can we, <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, yes, I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
totally fine. Totally fine. Speaking of, I know, right? It's okay. Speaking of backstories, I could talk about uh, obviously Gossip Girl all day, but I want to jump on Billions really quick and I'll get back around everybody. Don't worry. Um, I want to know, I mean, I think I know why, but the lead guy, can we, I want to get his name right because I want him to marry me. Okay. But I can't, like, this is too much. This is too early in the morning, but I'm going to call him Bobby Axelrod, which is the sickest yeah. name. <laughs> he goes by Axe with two his friends. He's Axe, you know. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so hot. Now, when I saw the first episode and he was in a friggin' t-shirt, it reminded me, oh my God, it was so punk mega death, right? It reminded me what um, Paolo did on Lucius Lyons, how he put him in like pajamas because it's at, like to people that, you know, he's got, can you explain to me a little bit the backstory with that t-shirt, how it was like effortless, but a billionaire? <laughs> and that's kind of like, Bobby Axelrod's whole vibe is this kind of like anti-suited, anti-Wall Street, you know, came up in the 90s and early aughts and, you know, loves his hoodies and his t-shirts and that's who he is and that's his fuck you to the industry. And he's just like, right. stuff, I can wear whatever the F I want and totally. I'm going to be. And now, you know, and now most of the billionaires are wanting Bobby Axelrod's lower piano $2,000 hoodie. Um, but yeah, the yeah. t-shirt, that t-shirt in particular, in every season there's one or two t-shirts that get called out. And actually that's Brian Koppelman, who's the creator, producer, showrunner, writer of uh, Billions with David Levine. He was, you know, he's like, I think he should wear, you know, a Metallica t-shirt or a Motorhead t-shirt. And I think, totally. that, and you know, those guys, I think, listen to that music. <laughs> they do. <laughs> there's a moment in the big short Christian Bale is like rocking out to that like heavy metal thrasher, you know, it induces something in you to react in a certain way that I think works very well for those guys. Something else I learned when I was doing billions is that in those hedge funds, they keep the air conditioning really, really high. So it's ice cold in there, which oh. is why all the guys are like in the fleeces and in the hoodies and they keep it ice cold to keep everyone on edge. It's like a whole it's crazy. I it's learned. like the Vegas thing where they pump in oxygen so you don't sleep. Exactly. Right, that same mentality. Well, I'm convinced that age group of guys, because it happens to be the age group that I date, they are like so stoked to go like to listen to that music. I was looking on Instagram and there was this picture of like Jason Momoa and like five other celebrities at like a Slayer concert because they're like, that's when I was the man, right? Yeah. <laughs> we add that, you know, because... Bobby Axelrod, again, going to character development, grew up in Yonkers and was like lower blue collar and like always wanted to be part of this world. And so now that he's part of this world is just very reactionary and kind of subversive towards it. So it was very important. And Damien coming into it, I think he was hoping to wear, you know, Damien's a beautiful British man that, you know, knows how to dress. And yeah, I know he's my husband. And, you know, you know, can wear clothes like, I'm, you know, like a supermodel. Um, and I think he was hoping when he came in that he'd be in like all these amazing suits. Right. It's a suit moment, you know, it's a suit moment. Like if he has to go to court or if he, you know, it's like a Chiffinelli custom gorgeous suit. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I have t-shirts and hoodies. You're like, oh, no, that's a $2,000 hoodie. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. One of, uh, going through the K-hole of Eric Damon, I saw, and it became one of my favorite photos. You got to a point I, I, this, 
I wanted to understand how you and your team, and this is to designers and this is to new designers of managing a show that got so epic. I don't think there's been a show since Sex and the City, then Gossip Girl. You literally had the two girls in Paris, in Paris Couture, while Paris Fashion Week was going on. And it's just like a daytime, just, just daytime walking, you know what I mean? How do you manage? Because sometimes when I get calls of like free clothes or free this, the percentage of shopping, designers throwing things at you, making things, like that's a whole management skill. How does your team go about this? Do you have a team just for free clothes? We had a coordinator that would manage the, the clothing requests and the samples that were coming in and out. Honestly, I had an amazing, I've always, you know, I've been very, very fortunate to have as amazing teams and assistant designers and the support system, you know, it takes a village and, you, oh know, they, you know, I tell my team and then, you know, interviewing anyone that wants to be part of the team is that, you know, we are all on the same level. Like there's me, there's you, there's PA, but we all treat each other with grace and kindness and generosity. And that is how we work together. And there's no drama and, I don't know, my teams have been just incredible. And so, you know, I could never have, I would never be where I am or have been able to do Gossip Girl without, you know, the mayor. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. You know, you know them all, Matthew Simonelli and all these. Oh, Meredith, is, Meredith says we're all here. So all your team's here. <laughs> That's very sweet. Gives me a little, makes me a little beclumped. Right? No, I love that because that speaks words. I mean, because. And then they were all designing, like they were all designing their own shows last year. And I was like, it's so wonderful to know oh. that to be like you know if they gave to me and i gave to them and it's just like i'm so thrilled and proud and honored that they were all designed these incredible shows and kind of like all these amazing birds that left the nest that also like inspired me when i worked with them you know we learned oh, that's cool we learn from each other and i think it's really important to be open to that you know it is it's it's the more people i interview i realize how connected we are how not alone we are and how even the biggest designers are still inspired i was watching uh atypical uh that tv show and i kept on going wow i would make those choices like that designer is so good and then i was like oh my god she used to be my assistant <laughs> so, <laughs> she really? Was, like, really amazing um awesome. i'm gonna i'm yeah. gonna take a couple questions i one of the questions that i kept on getting from people is who, and this isn't necessarily like a design question, but who was your favorite couple on Gossip Girl? That I have a feeling there were a billion different couples. And by the way, so I don't know if this was an Easter egg or is it something that people knew? You used to take Blair and Chuck and make them match the closer, like the relationship got or some cool. Tell me a little bit about that, then tell me your favorite couple. Before they, yeah, I think there was a great symbiotic relationship between Blair and Chuck's costumes and you know in tones like whether it was a pocket square that matched her headband you know depending on the scene one of my favorite moments where that happened is i think it's season two they're in the hamptons and they're at this garden party and they're this beautiful lush green hamptons backyard picnic and blair's in this light green dress and chuck's in this light green suit and they're having this moment and it's just i don't know it's a really beautiful like pastel it's just gorgeous and i just was that like for that. them matching and them connecting? I think that was one of the most important moments of designing that. People are remembering this moment. What you're doing, you're bringing back. This is so great. I knew if I brought up a friggin' couple or these outfits, 
isn't it funny when you're it's just like whole sites and Instagrams, you know, pages and people that are just obsessed with chair, which is Chuck and Blair. Oh, that's their name. Yeah. yeah. That is, were they your favorite couple? Is that your answer? Um, they, I mean, their relationship was pretty incredible. And yeah, I definitely would pick Cher over Dorina, which is Dan and Serena. <laughs> you know me, I'm gonna look up Dorina. Uh, Nate Archibald and Elizabeth Hurley, who came in, it was a, on a couple episodes, I think it was that same season actually. Um, but those were really fun hookups and having Elizabeth on the show was amazing. She's such a beautiful, again, goddess statuette, Glamazon, so fun to dress. Her son, who's very young at the time, was in the fittings. Now he's grown up and is like, yeah. we're just supermodel. Stunning. Um, so yeah. hot. Stunning. Yeah. He was literally like, I mean, he must have been eight, seven in the fittings. And he was like, he loved the shoes and he loved to talk to his mom. He loved being involved in the fittings. Um, so, is so, dad Hugh Grant or different dad? I don't know. But we don't, we don't really know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, it was funny. I was looking at pictures. I'm like, he's so hot. How old is he? Um, okay, so people are losing their mind. Sorry, I just saw on the line on the timeline that someone said Dorota and Vanya forever, and Dorota yeah. who was theirs, like best friend slash right. slash. Do you know who Dorota is? Big no, uh, amazing. She is this amazing um, character that was, you know, the housekeeper of the maid, but also like the nanny who brought up. Blair and was really like Blair's surrogate mom. Okay. Um, incredible character that if anyone was ever going to have a spinoff, I feel like it should have been Dorota. Okay. But Dorota and Vanya, who's her husband that she ended up marrying later on, um, also a fan favorite, I think, as far as couples go. Dorota. Okay. I'm going to start to watch this because I, for some reason, am hopping on like old shows. I wanted to make sure, you know, I saw The Wire, I saw Mad Men, and I was like, I'm gonna watch True Blood, which is the most ridiculous show on television, but I'm hooked. So hooked. much, so ridiculous, <laughs> so and I don't know. I'm getting into that. I was like, okay, Joe, you can take your shirt off again, thank you. But yeah. now I swear I'm gonna dive into exact, you kinda, I thought you were Joe, are you Joe? Um, I, I'm gonna dive into Gossip Girl, cause Kendall, my assistant, just like, it's, I think it's the reason she got into fashion. So I'm going to, I'm going to go to, how many seasons do I have? Seven? Six. Six. Okay. Six seasons, but it's network. So it's like 24 to 26 episodes a season. Talk about a grind. I'm glad I didn't want to get back into a grind. And then I'm like. <laughs> it takes some time off. I don't even think, do they do that anymore? I don't think, because back in PLL days and Gossip Girl days, we got pickups for 25. I don't think they even do that anymore, barely. I don't think. I don't think they do. I think they'll do like a 12. Sometimes there's the back nine, but I think it's getting, you know, it's rare. It's, it's rare. I think streaming, you know, the plat you know, television has, we're in a new, I don't even know if it's television anymore, you know, it's do what it's And who knows what it's going to be now. I think it's going to be, no. I think they're going to take it down to like, and you and I are going to die because our work, we have like minimum 10 changes an episode. I'm hearing rumors of two max, you I'm know? Down. I'm down. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm totally okay with this. Prom dress montage. No. Oh, no a dance? Way. Another Made dance? Montage. Thanks. I'm Another dance. Yeah. I was reading this um, article about, I can't even remember, who was the actress that you had to have in a dress that chocolate went all over it? Oh my God, Rachel Zoe. Rachel Zoe, that's right. How did you? I mean, actress, you know. 
Rachel Zoe. That was also like a moment because that was like Rachel Zoe was have was like pinnacle on right? fire. Yeah, Her yeah. Project the Zoe report. It was all Rachel Zoe all the time. She was like bright shining star. And then and then she's like, okay, she, we had a lot of amazing cameos on Gigi, but yeah. it was like, okay, we're dressing Rachel Zoe, and I'm like, I'm dressing those who dress others because she's like, you know, yeah. dresses everybody at the time, and you know, she's coming in expecting she was love. Lovely, but I wanted to have you know the best, <clears throat> the best of the best, the newest of the new, and then you know you're reading the script. And I'm like, chocolate fountain. Like, <laughs> of course, hit by a chocolate fountain. They're writing it, going. Eric will love this. this multiple, multiple, whatever. <laughs> Stuff flown in from Milan off a of runway for Rachel Zoe. Like multiples. So what did you go with? We went with um, a cobalt blue. Poochie caftan, of course. Delicious. Right off the runway in Milan. Um, we had one of them. There was another one on a plane. Holy shit. Oh my God. On a plane, so it wasn't even there. Or she came in the day before, and I'm like, it was gorgeous. I knew, you know, you know when you see the thing. You're like, this is going to be yep. the thing. I'm going to, you know, let's have a backup just in case, Rachel, please. Yeah. And uh, just in case one doesn't show up on the plane from Milan and get through customs where the, you know, the PA is of waiting. Of course. <laughs> Yeah. Totally. It's it's a captain, so no alterations. We'll do a baby hem. Uh, the same thing with all the lot of the samples. Yeah. So many alterations. You know, alterations are a huge, huge part of what we do. You know, taking stuff in and yeah. make. Uh, for most of the samples, we had to do like fake alterations and then re-release them before you return it. To I love that you touched before. on that because it's such a it's such a key to keep your reputation good, and you can't or mess. You clip it. You know, you clip it. It's fine. You unclip tape on it, and you. Go, but you know, if you're wearing it for three days, twelve hours a day, we need to you know sew that stuff down and hem it properly. And um, the lot, I'd say, eighty to ninety percent of all the samples, which was about eighty percent of what was worn on the show, had to be de-altered. Our uh, tailor, who is Stasi Anastasia, incredible, incredible tailor, um, had this. I wish, I wish we could publish this notebook. She had this amazing little notebook where she'd keep all the notes for each. Oh, she did. Um, what she did to be able to undo it and what the original piece was. Yeah, because if you miss a piece, I mean, I, it's so hard on TV to ever even do samples because if you send it back, you know, they're like, sorry, this, you yeah. know, then you own and it. I, like, you know, again, being grateful, like I was so grateful to be able to have those samples and have access to that. You know, whenever we sent stuff back, like my team would write them nice letters and like make sure everything's packed up. It's another thing for people starting out. Like when you're packing up returns and you're packing up things for showrooms, Pack it up properly. Don't just throw it in a bag. Like return the clothes in the way that you got them. Be grateful that you have access to all of this and just right. you know do it right. Like no reason to like throw everything in like a you know, like garbage in a bag. It's not you know have respect for the clothes whether you're returning them or whether you're keeping them. And I think it's you know the same for samples as for making a giant return at Macy's. You know, I love no that. I think it's so important about the way we do returns. There's no no need for that. No, thank you. When I went to, when I first came to Vancouver, they were doing returns at rental houses <clears throat> and they would just return it. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Do we not check the barcodes and put them in order? And now that I have people in Vancouver like that are my homies that I love, they hated me at the beginning for making them do that. And I said, but if you return it and there's one piece missing, you have no leg to stand on if you didn't do it properly. So, you know. Americans add a little bit, you know, to when I was working in Vancouver, but it's, you know, 
everyone's learning and it's just because I was taught to do something a certain way. That's how I'm going to instill it. Okay. We have 12 minutes left. This is a question for me that I want to know. If you were to be a voyeur on any movie, on any TV show to watch a certain designer do her thing or his thing in the past or now, just to watch and learn what movie or what TV show would that be? It's a good one. I, uh, I would say this is like fancy French, but I'm going to go there. It's a film called Last Year in Marenbad that okay. Coco Chanel designed and it was directed by Alan Renee. That's one of the most incredible looking films. You know, it's very, it's French New Wave, but it's beautiful and so art directed, like everything, it's black and white. Everything is so gorgeous and perfect. And, you know, it's when Coco Chanel, I think she did two or three films, but it's I really- I was gonna say, yeah, I didn't even know that. Can you say it again so people can write it down? What is it called again? Last Year at Marinbad. Okay, okay. Wow, someone says, oh, this is a good one. This is great. Okay, I had, let's see, another question. What was your favorite co uh, couple on Gossip Girl? Uh, it says a fashion tweeting. Oh, this is so funny. So uh, you guys have a chance for one more question from Eric, because I can just keep on asking. Uh, great film. Eduardo Castro is giving you heads up. Like, great film, great film. Um, here's a, here's something that I was thinking about. Oh, in your opinion on Gossip Girl, who are the, every, okay, everyone, oh, okay, Kendall, Kendall, you have a question. You better ask it. <laughs> it, uh, what influences your decision-making process on deciding what projects to take? Um, it's a good question. It's, it's a combination of things. Like, obviously the script and like the, tone and what the characters are and what we can do with the clothes um but it's also in the meetings like when you're meeting with the producers or the directors mm -hmm. you know there has to be a connection what we do as designers is very hard work we give blood sweat and tear like i leave something same i'm sure you do the same thing mm -hmm. leave something of ourselves behind and okay. i only want to i'm at a place now also where i only want to give that to people that i feel appreciate it and respect it and i have respect for um, so I think it's a big part of having a connection with, I think Ellen the other day was speaking to this mm -hmm. also, mm -hmm. but, um, to be able to have that connection which I have with Stephanie Savage in an amazing way to be able to work with someone that understands your vision and lets you not have free reign, but lets you yeah. be able to express yourself. Have a voice. Has a appreciation for how you design and why they brought you to the project. You know, That's my favorite project, feeling. You're here because you're available. You're, you know, you're just, I might as well be working in a cubicle as far totally. as I care. Nothing wrong with working in a cubicle, but this is not the path I have chosen. Um, I really, I want to be able to collaborate and be able to have um, some design integrity that I can bring to the table. And I feel like if you're not, if you don't want that from me, then hire somebody else. So that's a big, that's a big part of it. I know, I, I love that answer so much. And Pat Field had told me once, and this is recently, I was on a show and the approval process was so exhausting that I couldn't do my job. So finally, Pat literally said, it was on the movie and she was getting scrutinized. Or, and she had said something like, thank you very much, but I don't think I'm the right designer for the job. And it was very polite and professional. And on a show, I went to the showrunner and I said, this is, this is, uh, I'm, I'm being distracted from the design 
process and the integrity by the amount of emails. And then the next day <laughs> I woke up to, thank you very much, Mandy, no more approvals. And I was like, okay, this is awesome. This is great. You know, of course, in conceptual things. Sometimes you have to take that stand, you know, that's, and that's okay. You know, you don't need to be combative with producers. Not at all. If, you know, if you're trying, you know, I don't force anything any, down anyone's throat. It's like, this is, you know, explaining. And if it's really not the right choice, or I'm not the right choice, totally. we fix it and we, you know, we, I'm happy to take notes. It's part of the process. Of you course. Know, I'm happy to address it. And, you know, and it's, especially doing pilots during pilot season. Or, you know, pilots, pilots, you know what you're going to get. You take on like, okay, this is, I'm going to give you everything that you ever wanted to see. More, Here's more. their sock. Yeah. Here's their earring. Yeah. It's what it is, what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> you know that. And I try not, you know, I prefer not to do pilots because of that. Cause it's, yeah. and I think we're in a, you know, I think it, it seems like we're doing less pilots. Pilot season is less of a mania than it used to be. Say five. Even That's a good point. Yeah, totally. People are, you give an order for eight episodes or 10 episodes direct to Hulu or Netflix. And which makes sense because, you know, what we spend on a pilot, like what they, you know, the amount they spend, oh. billions of dollars to get a pilot put together and then maybe have it never go. You might as well just spread that out, do five episodes, you know, have some kind of character development as far as, you know. That's I, a good point. Yeah. yeah. That's a Tracy Field saying Tra Tracy's like pilots are the toughest. You really, you really need a vacation after a pilot. Um, okay, everyone keeps on losing their minds about Chuck's scarf. Now, I thought he wore different scarves. Did he wear the same he scarf? One, he has one scarf. Um, one, he has like a Kiro scarf. That was his scarf. It was this patchwork, oh. like, men's tie, patchwork of men's tie that was like, it was red, white, and blue. It was like polka dots and stripes. And um, he, the scarf, the fans gave the scarf a name. I cannot remember. <laughs> Anybody out there know what? Chuck's scarf. Oh, it'll come in. Oh, it'll come pouring in. He had, a, he had a whole life of his own. I have, he's hanging in my closet back in New York. I have the original scarf. Do not give your address. People will be there in a heartbeat. <laughs> Cameo, I hope to see on GG 2.0. It's, it's the scarf. Wait, so did he wear it like 10 different ways or something? Boris. Boris is the scarf. Boris is the name of the scarf. Okay, now I really have to watch Gossip Girl. This is insane. People have lost it. Well, I can't. It's a really amazing fan moment yeah. when we were filming. And there was, we used to have so many like fans like hanging out on set. And there was this like maybe 14 year old little New York boy oh. who had like soft, hopeful look in his eye and was wearing Chuck's scarf while Chuck was wearing his scarf outside the palace. It was just one of those like, art imitating life like he it was so great to have to be able to have see that inspiration and connection that happened between the costumes on that show and real real life I don't know, is that real life but it is it's real life to these people it really has and the more and more I read about you and just know you know that I get organically from you what Pat Field gave to Sex in the City changed the way people dress. What you gave to Gossip Girl, and I know you try to outdo yourself every season, but it will forever. When, <clears throat> when I did that movie, The Click, I didn't know what the heck Gossip Girl was. Your, uh, you started 2007, we did 2008. And I saw this obsession and need for a voice in this generation that you gave them and i'm not here you know just to like out to you know kiss your butt but you really you really did something that hasn't been seen in so long and i hope that 
you know, with all the people watching this interview, because it's going to end in about <clears throat> five minutes, with, that you know what you have done through fashion. You know, your, your voice from the words to screen has been fucking mind-blowing, you Thank know. You. Yeah. I, I am. I am humbled, and it's an amazing opportunity, and it's a gift, and I love being able to share it and to see, you know, people tagging me or writing me saying that I've inspired them to get into design or they want to be That's in cool, right? You know, there's a whole new generation like discovering the original Gossip Girl now, especially during, you know, the pandemic and everyone's isolating. There's a whole new wave of younger. Of like me, right? Exactly. Right. Like, totally uh, like me. Discovering. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's very cool to see that, it, you know, it stands the test of time and still has that quality to it that you know, it was a moment in time. I feel like it was like one of the, the planets aligned. Yep. Incredible. You know, the producer, the showrunners, Stephanie Savage, Josh Schwartz. It was all it was like an amazing moment in time where it all came together. It is. It's lightning in a bottle. And to, for you to be part of that team, you know, it's not. And we all know. Um, I love how my background moves because it's a fucking <laughs> scarf. <laughs> we all know when you meet, when you say in the meeting that clicks, when it clicks on all levels, like you got, you got history. Like yeah. I, yeah. And we always like, we always like chase that dragon. Like I'm always like, oh, that buzz. And you know, every show is going to be different. Every project's going to be different. It's not always going to align like that. But if you can find your, like you said, your design integrity to all these students and designers watching, that is I love that you said that. That's really, really important to be able to be heard as part of a team. You yes. know, yeah. So thank, thank you for no for touching on that. You no, know, I've learned from my teams. Like I learned from Meredith. I've learned from Sammy. I've learned from Brittany and Matthew and you know Maddie and all these amazing. I don't say kids, but you know I definitely have a few years on everybody. Not that. I don't. I can, uh, please. But, I think you're lying here. So you know, it's I feel grateful to be able to be open and be in that space where I can like, you know, see what they're wearing or see how their points of view matter to me. And I think it's really, as a designer, it's important to be aware of your surroundings and who you're working with and, you know, oh. be to still to take that in. Uh, one question, we've got three minutes. I am such not a New Yorker. I am so LA, it's like ridiculous. And I'm like, so Vancouver now. If I were to design a, you know, show in New York, a contemporary show, can you give me like a couple of your, do you have your favorite women's store, women's men's store? Is there some like unique little find um, that you can tell me? I feel like and New York's an incredible, you know, New York's such amazing melting pot and there's so much amazing fashion and clothing and trends and small. Right. Um, I love Bergdorf. Of course. As right. a um, There's a store that's called Five Story that's, you know, a very curated, very high-end luxury boutique okay. to go to. Not great to shop at because everything is like, you know, off the chart, expensive, yeah. but beautiful, yeah, yeah. beautiful curated. Um, Hudson Yards is this weird new mall. Okay, okay, that's good. You're in like a high fashion mall, say in Houston or something. It does not feel like New York City, but the stores are all there. And like from a design point of view, very easy to run around there and do a great day of shopping. Got it. Well, and there's this other new designer store there called 4510 that okay. has really amazing curated European designers and very specific one-of-a-kind pieces that it's very inspiring. And um, 
little stores downtown, there's a vintage store called Metropolis, where we do some of Bobby Axelrod's t-shirts. It's great for vintage t-shirts. Amazing. You know, the East Village is chock full of incredible small yeah. vintage. There's a store called Tokyo 7. <clears throat> That's this little like Japanese designer consignment store. Ooh, I would love that. Really, really, you never know what you're going to find there. And sometimes it's great. And sometimes, you know, you're like, this is a bust, but yeah. you know, smallish boutique curated consignment store before the real real you know oh see they this is good this is you know what's so interesting when i came back and i went to the real real everyone was like losing their mind i'm going to boast on vancouver for a minute because they have such a it's it's a 60 percent uh asian community there which brings style expectation to another level right. and In let me tell you oh my god so when i first went out to vancouver i'm like there's no this, there's no that. Like I was talking smack about, they don't have any stores. And then when I came back to LA, I saw the real, real, I'm like, okay, they're good. But let me tell you, any designers that are gonna go to Vancouver to shoot something, they have the dopest high-end consignment stores that a vintage store is out there that I have seen because you have these, crazy rich Asians, as they call themselves, they're like, I don't want this, I don't want this, I'm gonna get rid of this. I'm like, give it to me. So awesome. Right. It's, 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 a, it's a find, let me tell you. Don't, Tokyo's not so bad. I mean, Tokyo, I'm reading Tokyo 7, not so bad. Vancouver's not so bad. Um, what is Meredith saying that's so sad? Meredith said, I hope all these stores don't close. I know, so sad. Just, you know, Neiman Marcus, some, there's Saks also, one of my go-to, like I'm at Saks every week. There's an amazing studio service there run by Katrine Porter. Awesome. So like, you know, it's just a good place to, you know, do one-stop shopping. Accessible. Yeah. Yeah. We have, you know, sometimes we only have two hours as a designer. And two like, hours in two hands. You That's gotta, it. It's like grab and go. It's like, <laughs> Isn't it funny when you go to the grocery store and they're like, do you need help with that? And you're like, oh my God, I can carry like 20 of these bags. This is nothing. <laughs> Please. This is nothing. Okay, guys, we only have 45 seconds left. I want to thank Eric and his guests behind him for joining. I could literally talk to you forever. Everyone that tuned in, everyone that asked questions, Western Costume Company for supporting our flyers. And Eric, we've got 30 seconds. Do you got any parting words? Thank you, Mandy, for doing these these segments. They're so awesome. It's a wonderful way to connect during this crazy time. Thank you. Honored to be a part of it. Thank you. No, this is awesome. Okay, you guys. This will be on my page so we don't lose it anymore. It doesn't get saved to lives. It gets saved to Instagram TV. So go to my page, watch Eric and I, and uh, after I finish True Blood, I'm going to Gossip Girl. Thanks, Eric Love. Bye, sweetheart.